All right. How we doing, Exchange? Come on, it's a Tuesday night. How we doing tonight, Exchange? Let's go. So glad that you guys are here. We want to welcome all of you. My name is Pastor Mark. I get the privilege of serving as the college pastor here at Grace Family Church as well as leading our family ministries team. And I want to say a huge welcome to everyone joining us for the first time. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome them. So pumped that you're joining us. And like the team mentioned, you came on a special night because we're jumping into a new series and it's called It's Complicated. And it's all about relationships. How many of you been around for like a relationship series in the past? Yeah, this is, this is like the one that a lot of us lean into. And I want to I really challenge you. Lean in. Uh, take notes. Open up your app. Whatever you got, open up your notes app. Uh, but get ready to lean in. I think tonight's going to be great. I think it's going to be powerful. But I really, really want to lean into this idea because we, we, we named this it's, it's Complicated because here's what we know. God is a design for love, marriage, our relationships, and sex. But it's complicated. <laughs> But it's complicated. Like, we all know it's complicated, whether you're dating or whether you've been in a relationship, you're coming out of a relationship. Like, this is a complicated topic. But can I be real? We make it complicated. Like, we make this really complicated. And I think Scripture is very clear in giving us boundaries and ways we should really go about having healthy relationships. You see, what I know to be true today is relationships are failing before they even begin. Today, relationships are failing before they even begin. And I would say too many young adults in this generation, when we're going through our single seasons of life, we're training to fail in marriages. When we're dating, we're training to fail in what's meant to be a marriage. Because we don't really acknowledge God's design for our relationships. We don't really acknowledge what God's word has to say about relationships. And my heart's desire is to see us win in this area. As a pastor over this ministry, I want to see each and every one of you, if God has called you to be in a relationship, I really want to see you win in your relationships because God wants to use relationships for his glory. And in fact, I thought this was interesting. I was reading a book as I was studying for this. Uh, There's a statistic out there that uh, in 1999, about 23 years ago, the average young person was getting married at the age of 22. See, fast forward 23 plus years later, here we are in 2022, and the statistic now has turned a little bit. You see, the average young person today is getting married around the age 27 or 28. I know that doesn't seem like a staggering statistic or a huge change, but there's a reason why that's happening. There's a reason behind that statistic, and I believe it's this. I believe it's because we have come to a point in time where young adults... They're not excited about marriage. We're not excited about marriage. We're not excited about relationships. Maybe it's because some of us, we've grown up in a home where our parents always had a rocky marriage. Maybe some of us, we we grew up in a home where our parents didn't model a healthy marriage or a healthy relationship. For some of us, um, what I think is to be true is some of us, we've redefined like the starting line of adulting. We've redefined it. You see, I'm sure in the 90s, the starting line for adulting was when somebody got married. Today, we're so focused on getting the professional and financial right. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. But I believe, I think that if we had an understanding of God's plan for relationships, 
Maybe the script would be turned. Maybe we would lean in. Maybe we would go into relationships with a little more confidence. Maybe we wouldn't be singing all these 808s and heartbreaks. Maybe everything wouldn't feel like a heartache or a heartbreak. Maybe we would understand God has a specific plan for our relationship. And I want you to know, God wants us, most importantly, to build our relationships on his word. He wants us to build our relationships on his word. And my hope for this series is that I could help you do that. My hope for this series is that we could help you do that. And in fact, over the past couple weeks, you've been seeing a QR code go up on the screen And this QR code is really created so you can uh, enter any questions you may have about relationships. In fact, the genesis of this message uh, actually started with a question that someone asked tonight. And I want to get to that, but I really want to know who I'm talking to over the next few weeks. So how many of you would say, by show of hands, you're single? Okay, yeah. She's excited about her singleness. Amen. (laughs) How many of you say you're dating, you're in a relationship? Okay. Okay. How many of you are engaged? Anyone engaged in the... Let's go! Come on! I love it. I love to see it. How many of you are married? Anyone married? Any married couples? Let's go! Let's go. And I guess the rest of you are saying it's complicated too, right? The rest of you are probably saying it's complicated. But like I said, it's my hope to, to help you understand that it really doesn't have to be that complicated. In light of uh, it being the day after Valentine's Day, I wanted to share uh, probably one of the most memorable moments for me on Valentine's Day. Everybody have a good Valentine's Day? You better raise your hand, right? Ladies, better raise your hand, especially if he's sitting next to you. It's like, girl, I took you to Chili's. That ain't enough. No, it's not. Step your game up. (laughs) I I remember when I was in middle school, um, how many of you remember like carnations? Anybody remember that? Like the little flower things you would get? Uh, those are cute. Now I remember uh, when I was in sixth grade, I was like, you know what? I- I'm going to upgrade from my Valentine. We ain't doing a carnation this year. So I-, I did the manly thing, and I was one day, the cool thing to do um, when you're in middle school on Friday nights would be go to the mall. And uh, the shops of Wiregrass, if you're from Wesley Chapel. Yeah, Wesley Chapel, yay, said no one. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the Shops of Wiregrass, it has this incredible store that um, very manly men go into called Build-A-Bear. <laughs> I-, I remember I was in uh, sixth grade, and I, like, go into Build-A-Bear with, like, my, my crew, my guys. Like, sixth grade, bro, trying to be all hard and cool. I got, like, my whole piggy bank in my pocket. <laughs> I'm like, what's the best thing I can get? Ladies start showing me all the different options, and start getting the bear, start putting the whole deal together, start putting the clothes on it. And it got to that moment. How many of you know when they like do that thing? Like, okay, here's the heart. Give it a hug. Give it a kiss. I'm like looking at my friends like, what's she talking about, bro? I ain't giving that a hug. Like, <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I'm giving it a hug. She's like, you don't want the heart? I'm like, I don't care about the heart. <laughs> that was on Friday. Monday comes around, Valentine's Day. I get to school and I go to give my Valentine her gift, and she loves it. She's, she's crazy about it. And your boy is like, you see that, y'all? Your boy did it. And I'm like, closing my eyes, leaning in for a kiss. And she's like, but what about the heart? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, what, what about the heart? Where's the heart? And I'm like, how do you even know? I'm thinking this in my mind. And I just sharply said, who even cares about the heart? Who cares about the heart? 
Can I tell you, like, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently that's the worst thing to say to a young lady about a stuffed animal. <laughs> Let's just say that was the last time I ever seen that girl. But you see, I, I share that story because of this. I share that story because some of us are going into our relationships with our hearts in the wrong place. Some of us are going into our relationships with our hearts in the wrong place. Some of you are giving way too much heart way too fast. Some of you, you're jumping into a relationship, you're giving your whole heart when really you need healing. Some of you, you're giving your heart to someone that doesn't deserve it. And I need you to understand this tonight because we may sit here, we may hear all of this, but this, this may just be a message that we hear and nothing changes about our life. But I need you to understand if this message impacts you or speaks to you in any which way, it's not because Mark knows your laundry. It's because it's the Spirit of God calling you out of your comfort zone. I, I just want somebody to hear that tonight. This isn't Mark like throwing your laundry out there on the front lawn. This is the Spirit of God speaking to you and stirring something new in your heart, telling you it's time to do something different. I believe it's a time for us to get our hearts right with God. I believe first and foremost, we ought to get our hearts right with God. And in the scriptures, we would see this phrase heart or this word heart used over 850 times all throughout the Bible. God would tell us that we ought to uh, guard our hearts, protect our hearts. We ought to examine our hearts. We ought to look deep within our hearts. How many of you know God places great importance on the heart? But what's interesting about it is we don't date like it. What's interesting about it is we don't go about relationships like it's important to us. We go from relationship to relationship, person to person, hookup to hookup, and we just act like it's okay. And we act like that's healthy. And we act like that's okay. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You see, one of the major reasons relationships are failing today is not only because our hearts are in the wrong place, but because we have yet to ask Jesus to fill it. I don't think this is really all about our hearts being in the wrong place, but I think the truth is this. We have yet to truly surrender our heart to God, and we have yet to ask Jesus to come and fill our heart. And you see, we need to guard our heart. We need Jesus to guard our heart, though. We need Jesus to heal our heart. We need Jesus to come and fill our hearts. And ladies, I, I just want to let you know, you need to stop giving your heart to every single guy that will look at you and tell you you're pretty. I, I think you need to understand, you need to stop giving your heart to every single man that will look at you and tell you what you want to hear when really there is an ulterior motive behind it. See, man, I think this is a moment for you to stop feeling as if you're not enough because that girl doesn't give you the attention you desire. I think that when that girl doesn't text you back, that's not just by chance. I think God is protecting you in that moment. You need to stop feeling bad for yourself and understand God is protecting you. You don't need a woman to validate you. You don't need a woman to tell you that you look good. You have been approved by God. You've been approved by God, and he cares for you, and he loves you, and he proved that to you 2,000 years ago when he died 
on a cross for you. I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail, like that's not really where we're going to focus tonight. But what I really want to focus on tonight, I want to dig into this idea, this fact that many of us, we don't even know where to start when it comes to relationships. We don't know what to look for in a guy or in a girl when it comes to building or starting a relationship. And tonight, that's what I want to lean into. I want you to understand what you need when it comes to relationships. I think that this is the perfect way to start this series off. You need to understand what you need when it comes to relationships. So if you're single and if you're in the room, this has everything to do with you. If you're single and you're in the room, this has everything to do with you. Because what you need to do is leave this room tonight, and as you start interacting with other people and you have general interest in them, you need to hold them up to what you heard tonight. You need to hold them up to it. And if they don't match it and they're not living it, chances are you don't need to be in that relationship. I think for those who are dating in the room, this is a message for you. Because the person you're sitting next to, if they aren't exhibiting or living these standards out from God's word, it's a moment for you to realize this may be the moment I put a line in the sand. For those of you who are married in the room, this has everything to do with you as well. This has everything to do with you as well, because here's the truth of it. If you're married, this isn't a moment for you to go and leave your spouse and say, you know what, you don't live up to God's standards. No, this is a moment for you to encourage them, come alongside of them, be praying for them, and ask God to point their heart to the truth. It's not a moment for you to tear them down. It's not a moment for you to put them down or look down on them. It's a moment for you to point them to Jesus. How many of you remember this song? Um, it's from the 90s. It's the great theologian, Christina Aguilera, What a Girl Wants, What a Girl Needs. Anybody, anybody remember that? Some of the fellas are judging me. Um, it's my wife's favorite hit. I don't listen to that. Um, what a girl wants, what a girl needs. I, I think I could just preach that. Like, I, I feel like we could just preach a whole sermon series on what a girl wants, what a girl needs, what a girl wants, or what a guy wants and what a guy needs. But the truth of it is this, some of you are sitting here like, uh, you're going to help me understand what I need in a relationship? You're going to help me understand what I need? Like, you're going to tell me to do away with my wants and start fixing my focus on what you say I need from the word of God? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think about this, your boy's about to be a dad come July, Lord willing, and yeah, excited about it. But there's this interesting thing that's taking place in my house right now. You see, my wife is pregnant, and I had my, my, uh, my team member, one of my team members on my staff, come and look at me, and she's like, oh, you're expecting to? And she just pointed at my stomach. <laughs> and like, I took that pretty hard, because your boy's been trying to like get back in shape, and I don't want a dad body before my child actually enters the world. But how many of you know like the hardest part of trying to get in shape is food? <laughs> like anybody else? Like, my wife knows this, chicken wings. <sighs> like three, four times a week your boy is down in some chicken wings. Like, I'm not really a fast food guy, but I have something, something told me that Chick-fil-A is really from God. 
And somebody also told me, Shake Shack is from God. And your boy just can't stay away. And here I am, I know what I need, but I keep going back to what I want. I I know what I need to get in shape, but I can't stop going back to what I want. And some of you in the room, you have the same issue in your relationships. You, You know what you need, but you keep on picking what you want. You found safety in that unhealthy relationship. You found security in that unhealthy relationship. And I know some of you ladies, you're, you're, you're sitting here saying, Mark, you're going to try and tell me what, what I need in a guy or in a relationship. You're right. I'm going to try and help you understand why you need it. I'm going to try and help you understand why you need it. And ladies, I know some of you are already thinking, you're, you're looking for a man that won't try to get the emotional or won't try to use the emotional to get the physical from you. Ladies, I already know some of you are thinking, you prioritize communication over intimacy and romance. And you need guys to understand this stuff. I know some of you ladies, you're wishing that a man would understand. You actually want them to listen to what you have to say because he cares and not for anything else. Some of you guys in the room, I know you're thinking, I wish a woman knew this about me. I wish a woman knew I'm looking for a girl that hasn't been dated by the whole youth group. (laughs) I know some of you guys are sitting here saying, I'm looking for a woman that keeps what's not on the menu covered if it's not up for grabs. (laughs) I know you're thinking these different things, but can I just tell you the truth? I could stand up here and I could preach a message or messages with these sticky phrases and these things that get your emotions going, but I need to preach preach to you some truth from the Word of God. I'm not looking for a message that's just going to get your emotions going or get you worked up and leave this place and then it changes. No, I need the Word of God to transform your life and the way you go about relationships. That's what you need. I, I don't just need it for me, I need it for you as well. And God desires to do that tonight. You see, it's important that we understand the truth of the word of God speaks directly to the season of life we're in. We're going to look at a passage of scripture found in Titus chapter 2. Some of you are like, what is that? That's in the Bible? It's in the back of the Bible, towards the back of the Bible. And this is a a great passage of scripture because here's a moment I want to set the scene. There's a young man by the name of Titus, and the apostle Paul is writing to Titus. And in this moment, Titus, he's in a, in a, in a, on an island called Crete. He's on an island called Crete, and it's right off of the edge of Greece. And in this moment, what's taking place is Paul is commanding that Titus stay there in Crete and that he would challenge the Christians that live on this island to truly live for God, to truly live a life that represents that of one who is saved by Jesus Christ, by that of one who loves Jesus Christ. But the challenges of it is this. You see, in Cretan culture, in this culture, the makeup of this island called Crete, all of the people inherited this cultural value or cultural belief, and it's called, I'm trying to, trying to explain this in a way you probably understand this. Is that okay? Are you tracking so far though? Okay, so what they inherited in this moment, they inherited a Greek mythology. 
Okay, and this Greek mythology is the makeup and the belief that a man by the name of Zeus was the one and only God. He was the one and only true God. But some of these Christians started to come to a saving knowledge and a saving faith in Jesus, but they're going into Crete and they're being confused and tossed and turned by this Greek mythology. And Titus, his responsibility is to point him to the truth. His responsibility is to point him to the truth. And Paul tells him, here's how I want you to do it. I want you to meet with the older men and the older woman, and I want you to challenge them to really model for those who are younger what it looks like to live for God. I want you to challenge the older woman and older men to really set an example for those who are younger in their faith. And I love this text because I think for some of us in the room, we may feel like those younger people in Crete in that matter. We may feel like we don't have anyone that went before us and had the example of a godly marriage, a godly relationship, a godly standard for each other. But can I just tell you the truth? We don't need a man or a woman. We have the word of God. We we have the word of God. So we're going to read Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And this is Paul writing. He says this to Titus. But what you teach must agree with true teaching. Tell the older men that in anything they do, they must not go too far. They must be worthy of respect. They must control themselves. They must have true faith. They must love others. They must not give up. Verse 3, in the same way, teach the older woman to lead a holy life. They must not tell the lies about others. They must not let wine control them. Instead, they must teach what is good. Verse 4, then they can advise the younger woman to love their husbands and children. Verse 5, the younger women must control themselves and be pure. They must take good care of their homes. They must be kind. They must follow the lead of their husbands. Then no one will be able to speak evil things against God's word. Jump into verse 11. It says this, God's grace has now appeared And by his grace, God offers to save all people. His grace teaches us to say no to godless ways and sinful desires. We must control ourselves. We must do what is right. We must lead, not live, but lead godly lives in today's world. I believe that we're in a time like what these Cretans and these Christians in Crete were were facing. I believe we're in a time where God is looking at the church. He's looking at us. He's looking at Christians. He's looking at believers. And he's saying, I need you to set the example for the world. And the way I want you to do it is start with relationships. I think about this moment in the Bible in John chapter 17 as Jesus, he's preparing for the cross. In that moment as he's preparing for the cross, he prayed that we would be unified in relationships. Y'all hear me, this is a critical moment for the church. God's calling us, he's looking at us, saying, I need you to make a difference and I want you to do it by living out my word, especially in the context of relationships. In the context of relationships. As I was preparing for this message, I was thinking about, you know, people that I've been meeting with and talking to and just really wanted to meet the need, really wanted to preach the truth, but meet the need in the room. And I was meeting with one of our team members last week, a young man who's a phenomenal leader. 
Uh, and he serves on our team. He helps lead on our team. And as I was meeting with him, I was so encouraged because he began to tell me, Mark, I feel like I'm ready to start dating. I'm really, really feeling like God's calling me to start dating. And as he's telling me this, he started to tell me he has a list of qualities. He has a list of traits that he's looking for in a woman. I, I know some of you may hear that and you're like, ah, oh, list. I want to encourage you. If you have yet to make a list of qualities that you're looking for in a man or a woman, you should start there. You should, you should have a list. You should have some things that you're looking for and looking into when it comes to a relationship. This is not weird by any means. This is biblical. This is biblical. This is from God's word. And when we hear this text in Titus chapter 2, Paul, he, he mentions a lot of different things in that text. He mentions a whole bunch of different things that men of God and women of God ought to live. And when I look at this text, I see he mentions self-control. He mentions self-control. He, he says that these people, you ought to live with great control over your lives. Men of God, live with self-control. Women of God, live with self-control. Can I tell you, you don't want someone in your life that just gives in to each and every one of their desires. You, you don't need someone in your life that just gives in to each and every one of their desires. The Bible tells us that the heart's desires are deceitful. Our heart's desires are deceitful. That's why we shouldn't trust our wants. They're deceitful. That's why we shouldn't date people that are not under self-control or not living in self-control. Chances are their ways are deceitful. I think about this in the next verse. He says, they should be well-respected by others. They ought to be well-respected by others. I wonder... The guy or the girl that you're eyeing or dating or been in a relationship with, what do those who are closest to him have to say about him? What do those who are closest to her have to say about her? What are they saying about her character? And I, I think that when we're going into a relationship, I just want to give you a little tip here. This is off the cuff. If a guy or a girl is trying to date you in the dark and not introduce you to their friends and their peer group, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. That means they're hiding something. That, that means they're concealing something. That means they don't want you to know something about them. I think about this quality he mentions, this trait. Are they pursuing wisdom? Are they pursuing wisdom? I think about this, men and women. This is something that you may have never heard before. Men and women, especially young adults. It's important that we have people in our lives that are 10 times farther down the road than we are and that we, we admire them. We want to live like them. We look up to them. They're living a life that many of us want to live. That is extremely important. Some of us, we need to understand, those who you're dating, do they have a mentor? Are they being mentored? Are they being held accountable by someone? Are they being held accountable to different things in their lives? I think about this. He talks about avoiding gossip and drama. He says, avoid gossip and drama. What I think is interesting about us men for some reason, we're attracted to the girls who are dramatic. <laughs> like, we're really given to just, like, feel like we could just meet each and every one of their needs and help their broken heart. I think what's interesting, too, guys, fellas, drama may be cute when you're dating or talking, but it's miserable when you're married. 
It's miserable when you're married. Some of the ladies are in agreement. Like, I'm killing drama for him. But here's the truth of it. Fellas, if you're going into a relationship and all you hear is gossip and drama, chances are when things go wrong in your relationship, she's going to go out on the street and say the same thing about you. I think it's important that we understand that avoiding a girl or a guy that's all about gossip and drama is important. Anyways, I'm going further. He mentions this quality. Do they speak highly of others? Do they speak highly of others? Are they loving and kind? Ladies, I, I think this is important. How does he treat his mom? How does he treat his mom? Your greatest opportunity to evaluate the kindness and the love of a guy's heart when you guys are out at dinner, how does he treat the waiter? How, how does he treat those who can't do anything for him? Is he kind? Is she kind? He gives this quality of pursuing purity. Pursuing purity. I think for us, this is one of the hardest and most challenging areas in our life today. This is one of the most hardest things to live out and try and honor God with is with our purity. Does that guy, does that girl, do they respect your boundaries? Does that guy, does that girl, do they have accountability in their life that's making sure they're living for God? Does that guy, does he make lewd or inappropriate remarks? Does that girl make lewd or inappropriate remarks? I think about this, I hate to just say it like this, but like social media. I think this is one of the things that really reveal the contents of someone, someone's heart. Because this is, this is what we know, I just gotta share this. If they've got Bible in their bio and body on their feed, I just, don't, I just don't know because if they're willing to reveal it in public, what's going to happen when you guys are married 10 years down the road? Is she going to be given? Is he going to be given to falling into the trap? Talking about purity. Talking about purity. Think about this. Do they live an honorable lifestyle? Do they have their priorities in order? Are they diligent? Are they hardworking? Are they driven? Are they hungry for success? This has got to be the man that's going to provide for your family. This is going to be the woman that's going to provide care for your children. This is going to be the woman that keeps your home in order. I think about this. Where do they put their time, their talent, and their treasures? Where are they spending their time? Man, can we just be honest? We're wasting our lives being glued to video games. I think there just needs to be a fine line that we draw and we understand as we adult, as we walk into adulthood. It's okay to play video games from time to time, but if that's consuming your life, chances are you don't have margin for anything else and don't understand how to treasure and love and serve a woman. Where is their time, talent, and treasures going? This, this is very clear. Are they running after Jesus? 
Are they truly pursuing God? The way we could see this is, are they living in biblical community? Are they in a small group? Do they have friends that are godly? Are they living in community? Are they really living out the word of God? Is scripture rooted in their heart? Is scripture, scripture rooted in their heart? And I know as I mention all of these things, Many of you ask this question, well, how do I know if he's truly a man of God or a woman of God? Many of you have asked this question, and I think that we could sum it up with this. Do they exhibit, do they show, do they live out the fruits of the Spirit? Do they show the fruits of the Spirit in their life? In their day-to-day, are they living out the fruits of the Spirit? Because the Bible says, for those who know me, they will live out the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The question is this, do they produce fruit? Are they producing fruit with their lives? Think about an orange tree. An orange tree produces Oranges, thank you. (laughs) Man of God, are you producing fruit? Woman of God, are you producing fruit with your life? And I know some of you are sitting here saying, okay, when do we make this talk about looks? Like, where are looks on the list of this? And I'm not sitting here saying, like, whenever you see that guy or that girl that you're committed to, you should gag or throw up. (laughs) Like, looks, looks is a priority. <laughs> but, but the truth of it is this. The truth of it is this. We have made the 90 looks and the 10 character and heart. And I think God is calling us to a time where we realize the 90 should be character and heart and the 10 be looks. Because how many of you know character lasts, beauty fades? The Bible says in Proverbs 31, beauty is fleeting. It's fleeting. It's a deception. It's it's not a trap all the time, but it goes away. It doesn't last. Character lasts, but looks fade. And I know some of you, you'll sit here and say, you know, I I want a six, six, six man, and he's got to be six feet tall, you know, and he's got to be pretty strong, and he's got to make six figures, and you know, got to buy a house with six bedrooms in it. <laughs> I-, I want that type of man in my life, Mark. Can I tell you, if that is your list, if that's what you're making this all about, soon enough you will find that man. But what you realize, what you will realize is you've committed to a sugar daddy and not a husband. I just want to share that truth because some of us, we need to really reevaluate what's the priorities? What matters most? What am I going to lean into? What am I going to really look for in a man or a woman? How do I really live this out in my life? What are the areas in my life I need to change? What are the areas I need to ask God to change in my life? We can't just make this all about looks. And we can't let your physical wants, we can't let our physical wants blind us of our spiritual needs. We we can't let it happen anymore. God is looking at us saying, I need you. If you're going to be in a relationship, I need you to set the example. If you're going to be in a relationship, I need you to not just talk it out, but walk it out. If you're going to be in a relationship, I need you to honor my word. And most importantly... I want you to know this because I feel like we covered a lot of ground. As your pastor, 
I, I share all of this and I believe this message is important because it took me far too long to figure out any of this. It, it took me experiencing pain, heartache, heartbreak to really come to this understanding of the value of godly standards. You see, my wife and I, Michelle, she's actually the first person that I actually lived out godly standards with. And when people ask me today, hey, how's your, how's your marriage? When my, my accountability asks me, yo, how's your marriage? I, I'm so grateful and I'm so glad I can say with a whole and pure heart, it's going great. It, it's going great. I, I'm so grateful I can say that with a clean conscience and a true belief in my heart, it's going great. And I share all of this with you tonight because I want you to understand not only when you say hi, but when you walk that aisle and say, I do, you want to be able to say, we honored God and it's going to be great. Yeah. We honored God and it's going to be great. See, today, I'm challenging you to make some changes to your life. I'm challenging you to make some changes to the way you date. I'm asking some of you, stop making excuses and believe in the lie that the enemy will tell you, the lie that he will whisper in your ear and tell you, it's okay, they'll change. Stop believing the lie, you know, they'll figure it out, they'll do better at some point. Stop telling yourself this lie that they will catch up to you spiritually. Stop telling yourself that you can save them or you can help them. You weren't called to be someone's mechanic. You weren't called to be their mechanic. And I want you to hear me on this because no one else, the excuse that we say, you know what, I see all those godly standards, I took a picture of it, and then you go home and you look at it and you say, but no one else is doing this. No one else is really living this out. You see, you can make excuses to compromise or you can accept the challenge to change. I think for some of us, we need to understand it's a moment to change who we're doing life with change who we're hanging out with, change our perspective, but most importantly, change our standards. And some of you, you're saying, well, you know what? There, there's no one around me that's really living out these standards. There's not a guy, there's not a girl that's living out these standards and living out these principles from God's world. I would tell you this, change your community, change your playground, change who you're surrounding yourself with. Tonight, you got an opportunity to do that. We're kicking off small groups tonight. You, you got an opportunity to change who you surround yourself with. And as I get ready to close in this moment, maybe tonight, this is the moment where you're single and you're in the room and you're hearing this message. This is the moment for you to understand. I, I need to write my list, but I also need to make sure I'm being the person before I meet that person. Maybe for you tonight, you're in the room and you're in a relationship. I want you to know it is okay. It is okay for you to look at those standards and hold that guy or that girl up to them. And if he's not living up to these standards, it's okay to break up with him. You see, you may hate that truth right now that leaves my lips, but can I tell you, I would rather you maybe disgrace the truth that I'm saying now rather than experience agony later. For those of you who are married, I mentioned this earlier, this isn't a moment for you to jump ship or talk that person down or talk your spouse down. This isn't a moment to you belittle them or for you to shame them. 
This is a moment for you to say, we're gonna pursue this together. We're gonna strive for this together. I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna believe God that we can live this out together. And for all of you in the room, every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe the step for you to take is to surrender your heart to Jesus. To start a relationship with Jesus. You see, the truth about Jesus is no matter what you've done in the past, he has great things for you in the present and he has an eternal life for you in your future. He loves you. He wants you. It doesn't matter what you have done. He paid it all for you by dying on a cross for your sins. He wants a relationship with you. And I just want to pray a simple prayer and maybe you're here and you're saying, I want that relationship with Jesus. I want to lead you in that. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across the room. If you're saying, I want that relationship, would you just repeat this prayer silently to yourself? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Would you forgive me of my sin? And Father, would you wash me clean? Lord, I know I have sinned against you. But Father, would you help me, God, to live a life that's pleasing to you? Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that has made me white as snow. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.